Major days are coming up. One other, welcome. New attendee. Remind me your first name again. I thought you were going to forget it. Talking about you. Oh, Alex. Alex, yeah. Welcome, 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 welcome. To many more, God willing. And to all those that have been here. All the way through. Um, it's really major. You know, when you think two others, and already it's already the second other Purim is already literally around the corner. And I'm, I've been thinking a lot about this. This um, Purim, this holiday. We started, when we just started the series, we spoke about understanding the difference, that it's not just a day to get crazy, and it, it's, a, it's such a deep day, it's such a beautiful day, it's such a powerful day. That Rizal writes, I think either he writes it about Purim itself or about Chodesh Adar in general this month, because everything is so hidden, the whole everything was so hidden. So when when it's revealed, it's revealed with a much bigger greatness. And Arizal writes, I haven't seen this inside, but I saw a bird down in his name. That therefore the the what we're able to accomplish and what we're able to achieve in this month, and in this, especially the day of Purim, we know is a tremendously, tremendously powerful day. And a point that I think that we're working on this year that I'm at least myself, that I'm trying to bring out, is not just that the day is special, but we have to realize our capability, to realize that we're special, that we have potential, we have the capability to do a lot more than we think. If you t- take a look at the, the story, right? I think nowadays it's a little bit easier to picture when you see the people that we know or people that are living in our time, not so far away, you know, in a different country, what is it? By plane, ten hours, right? That are running away. That are. It seems hopeless. It seems like that. That's it. The world's coming to an end. And Purim was the same way. Purim seemed like everything was coming to an end. That's it. They put out. They put out the decree. Everything was hidden. But, right? Esther Malka says, "How could I go?" And we're going to say. I said last week that I'm, I'm going to say it over. A beautiful explanation on that whole part of when Mordechai told Esther to go to the king. How can I come? You know, can I really do? I could. He said, Mordechai said, no. Dafka you. Specifically you. And from seemingly, not simple people, Mordechai was the god Lador, was the leader of the generation. But from people, human beings. Baruch Hu gave us the power, gave us the, the the ability, and if we go for the right reasons, with the right intentions, and well, the 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 help and the 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 divine help that we have is is unmatched. It's extremely powerful, and I think before we go into today's share. I want to share with you a thought, which we've said over throughout the past weeks a lot. But as we know, nothing happens for no reason. And just before I came in, I was having a conversation with a very wise person. And um, we are discussing a certain issue, a certain topic. Um, about different things that the youth have to deal with today, and how to help them, and how to combat them combat 
the issues, meaning to how to deal with the, how to help, give them the, the tools to be able to, to stay strong. And this person mentioned um, two things, very powerful things. That, yeah, we have all these nice ideas of who we are and, what, and how special the days are, but we have, to, we have to make sure to stay connected to that. A person could live his whole life and, and have in his backyard a treasure of $100 million. He doesn't know about it, it doesn't help him. To realize, we have to realize what we have and we have to realize our, as I said before, our ability and to realize the difference. And to, and if something doesn't feel right, to address it. Something doesn't feel, we have a, Esther Malka was surrounded by so many different things. Right? What gave her that strength to be in the, in the king's palace, right? So Mordechai went, went, went to check up on her. So what she got from Mordechai. And Mordechai made sure to be there every day. We check as she's doing. We have to make sure to stay to to keep ourselves connected to a Mordechai, to a good group, to to be able to to weather the different challenges and different um, tests or whatever you want to call them, different temptations. Oh. That's the word I was looking for. That the Yitzhahara can cuts for us. That he thinks up, and he's a talented fellow. He, very capable. Very capable. And uh, another thing, and this I was told in the name of a great teacher, it was in Muncie, his name was Rabbi Ephraim Waxman. We're now in Golis, we're in exile, and we're waiting for the day when Mashiach is going to come and, and, um, and bring us out. And at that time, right, we're all waiting to meet the great sages, Moshe Rabbeinu, Avram Avinu, the sages of the Mishnah, the Talmud, the Rishonim, the Achroinim, those that came after them. And we're excited to meet them. So one thing we have to keep in mind, that they're going to be just as excited to meet us to meet us and to see these are the people, these are the these are the sweet Jewish children that lived through such challenging times, and we are living through challenging times, mostly on a spiritual level. And they weathered it through. Not only did they survive, but they thrive. And we're thriving. If we're coming here tonight, we're thriving. That's thriving. You're not coming here tonight, or coming to a shear or maintaining your growth and learning, and learning more, and reviewing, reviewing, reviewing what you learned and implementing it into your life and living it. That's surviving. That's basic. That's trying to survive. But if we're coming and we're learning, and if we're maintaining our our learning and uh, the way we and, and constantly renewing our vigor and, and our enthusiasm for the for serving Hashem. And the mitzvahs and the Torah, that's, that's, not, that's thriving, that's not just surviving. So just a few thoughts that were floating around in my head. And now, I want to focus a little bit on Shalach Manas. We know Purim, we have 
mitzvahs that are that have to be done during that day, right? We have Mashlach Monas, which is the gifts that we give to one another. Matonas Lavyoinim, gifts to the poor. And Sudas Purim, the meal of, um, of the Purim meal, a festive meal, and Mikra Megillah, to hear the, the reading of the Megillah. So I saw a very nice explanation on Mishlech Monis, Bianca Legalinsky puts it out beautifully. But I thought about it, and I th- I'm, we're going to try to maybe put take that this concept to all the other mitzvahs of the day as well. So, here we are. Megillah tells us, right, that after, after the salvation, after everything happened, Haman was hung and, and it was a happy ending, Baruch Hashem. So, our sages instituted to make this day, days of festivity and happiness, and to send gifts one to the other, friend to friend. And Matanas Lavianim as well is in that uh, in that same category. So what is this? Why why is the, why is this an integral part of celebrating a salvation? Hanukkah, we also had a big nest, right? Pesach. Huh. Pesach, of course we had a big nest. Came out of Egypt. I can find many different re- re- reasons why to have this mitzvah and other uh, other holiday, but we don't have it. Right? What does this have to do with the miracle itself? Meaning, there's a mitzvah stuck all the time, but specifically on this day, there is a mitzvah to give from yourself, and it's explicitly mentioned. Why is this any different than any other, any other day? And if it's explicitly mentioned, that means that it has some sort of direct connection to the to the miracle. That it's part of celebrating and, and living that miracle. So, the Zohar HaKadosh, the Holy Zohar, says the following. This Tochazi. Come... Come and see. Barnosh Ozl Bahai Alma. A man, human being, goes in this world. The person lives this life and he thinks everything belongs or she, everything belongs to him. Right? You go to the store. Of course, this is mine. I just didn't pay for it yet. This is mine, this is mine, and this is mine. And everything is mine. That dress, it's not hers, it's mine. That car, not his, mine. That job, mine. Everything's mine. Our baby is born in this world with a fist. Thinks everything is his. Person leaves this world, his hands are open. And if they're not open, we open them for him. Can't take anything. You can't take anything that's not yours. 
We'll see you soon. What is my? What is? What? What does it mean that it is yours? Everything is mine. Not only it's all mine, but I'm going to be here forever. I'm eternal. Right? Don't death. Don't talk about it. It's as if you're not. As if they think you're not going to talk about it. It's not going to happen. Not the way it works. This is not. This is a temporary world. <clears throat> and it's up to us if it's really death, or maybe just not not death as we see it. Yeah, the body dies. The body gets buried in the ground, but the soul lives on. We transfer. We transfer from, from one situation to another. Right here we're in the physical world and then we go to a better place where we're not bound by the physicality. That's a separate discussion. So you, but the nature of the person, everything really belongs to me. And our sages knew that very well. So the Medrash Tanchuma brings a, a story with Reb and his wife. Reb told his wife the following. A poor person comes, give him bread. So that for your children, also, people should, should give. What are, you, what are you talking about? You're cursing our children? That they should have to come on to other people? He said, no. Right? Give to someone, to a poor person. Give of, give of yourself. You do that, HaKadosh Baruch will bless you. Not that you're putting your children in a place of begging. But that's going to open the faucet for them to get abundantly. So what's this big lal? Because of the Tone of the Berbi Shemal teaches us big lal Galgal the world's a wheel that turns around and around. Sometimes one part of the wheel is up and then it goes down, up and down, down and up, up and down, up and down. When you help someone, when you're out there for someone, you're not just about yourself, you end up gaining. It keeps you on the top. So, but still, so what is this? So, very nice, very nice. The Zohar Kodesh, very nice. The Medrash. Still. So, there's a sh- story with Rabbeinu Shmuel Anogit. He was the Minister of Finance in Spain. And, um, that was a Minister of Finance. is a very big guy. Uh, no. I don't know at the, at the, at the moment. But if I find that, I'll, you know. But his position was a was a sore was a was a was a thorn in the sides of. He was a Jewish, not, not only a Jewish man, a rabbi. And the king obviously appreciated his wisdom very much, and he gave him such a high position, minister of finance, no less, the whole economy of the country. 
and they they had to do something about it. They couldn't they couldn't let this go. So they went to the king and they said, "Listen, this Jew boy of yours, he's he's ripping you off. Fraud. You gotta you gotta get rid of him." He said, "Yeah." Excuse me. He said, "Yeah." He said, "Right." He calls him up, and he tells him, "Give me a, a calculation of everything that you spend, everything that you own, everything that you that, that's yours." And he said, "If he's not going to give the right um, calculation, so obviously that means that he is ripping off the government, and they'll deal with him accordingly." So. Rabbi Shmuel agreed. He prepared the document. He comes to the king. The king looks at it and he says, This is it? I know that I gave you double this. So I see that all those that were telling me about you, they're right. Take him away. Let me stop for a second. He saw that that um, that um, Rabbi Shmuel Hanogad is very cool. I mean, he's very collected. I didn't get flustered. Everything is fine. See, stop not. Something doesn't make sense over here. Something not adding up. Calls him back and he says, what's really going on? So he tells him like this. He says, you asked me to tell you how much I have, what I have, what do I own. Had you asked me how much money and how much assets do I have? Do I, um, not that I own, but that I, I deal with or that I have in my jurisdiction to, for whatever reason, not mine, but that I have in my domain, that I would have given you a different document. And I have that document prepared. But you asked me, what, what do I own? Money I don't own. My possessions I don't own. You just showed yourself how in one second you said, take him away, and I lost everything. So what is that paper that I gave you? What is it that I do own? That's the money that I use to help people. That's the money that I used for mitzvahs. That's the money that I used for eternal things, that that can't be taken away from me at all. That's... He didn't do it just for uh, to show what a righteous person is. That's how... That was the fact by him. And he answered the question to the T. So our possessions, our comes and goes. Money come, money go. Right? One day the stocks are up, one day the stocks are down. And we see how easy that is to fluctuate. Someone has some uh, is making some war in, in, in Europe, stocks go down. For this they go up, for this they go down. People's people's livelihood in one second. Right? things that can happen, different calamities. But a snap of a finger, one's life can be over. I was thinking back. We had a big, big, and a big nest. Everyone, right? My sister had that accident two months ago. Three seconds the whole thing took. Three seconds. Three seconds and a 15-year-old girl passed away. Three seconds and, a, and, a, and my sister was almost passed away on her own. Baruch Hashem, I was by her of Shabbos. She was she, she gave me a, she gave me something to eat. She sat me down. She was 
She's being a hostess. She was being a hostess she was in her house. She's home. It's huge. No one believed that this would happen so quick. There's a way to ghost it, but we're, we're, it's amazing what's going on. But you see how quickly it can be taken away. So that's the Mitzvah Mishlach Manas. Why, how does it connect to Purim? So I want to explain the whole story of Purim, as we've spoken a few multiple times, was natural. It was political. It looked, and I told someone recently, imagine the New York Post, right, or the New York, any newspaper that you read, right? Every the, the headline every single day. Haman makes this decree. Achashverosh party. Vashti's killed. This, that. Decree after decree, news, uh, palace politics, hey guy, this girl, that girl, the uh, king, secret agents, everyone is coming to get to get girls for the king, so he should fire, choose himself a wife. Mordechai becomes in this position. Politics beyond. Politics, just simple politics. And more than that, and this is incredible, this is unbelievable, the Vilna Goyen. I was listening to a beautiful share on Purim from, uh, from um, Rabbi Farche from Deal. Really gorgeous. He brought in the Vilna Goyen. The Vilna Goyen explains how every single step of this was purely political. Killing Vashti was political. The reason Mordechai told Esther not to reveal her, her where she comes from was political as well. Because the whole reason that Vashti was a thorn in his side, he knew that he wasn't royal. She was. She had the upper hand. He had to get rid of her. So if Esther would come and say that she's Jewish, not just Jewish, from which family? From the family of Shaul, Shaul HaMelech. That's a king. Again, royal blood. So he messed, he, he, he messed up again. He was afraid he would kill her. Just like he killed Vashti. He'll find an excuse to kill her. Take him away. Every step, it was, it seemed like political moves, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu HaKadosh Baruch Hu was handling everything from, from A to Z. And ha- ha- when we live our life, right, you try to you arrange something, you have some sort of connection, you use your connections. So we get carried away and we say, oh, this is my connections and this is, I tried to do this and I did this and I accomplished this and we put big plaques. But then we get lost and we forget who's, who's helping us do this. Who is giving us the merit to be those that help? Who's giving us the merit and the ability to be from those that are able to spread light, that are able to be on the giving end? We have mo- we we have money. We have things that there are people that are, there are, there are people like that in the world that really live with the, they have they're very well to do, but they live with an understanding and they behave that way. They don't flaunt what they have. They don't they behave in such a way that it's not that they're giving their money. Rather, they are just emissaries who got a certain amount of bounty, a certain amount of 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 wealth for the purpose to be there and to help others. To help others, to build Torah, to, to, um, there are people like that. More than you think. But we can get carried away. Go to work, come home, I worked hard, I brought my check, 
my check, I'm your check. We see now, especially today, how in one second, economies can crumble. Right? Someone made something um, in, in, right, something going on in Europe, Russia, Ukraine, all of a sudden gas again, even more than it was before. This is going on, I, we don't even know how things happen, that, that really happened. It's this quick. So comes a day like Purim, where we celebrate the salvation specifically from in, in such a way. The self, where we realize, where we came, we were, we saw, we were shown that all these things that look like the natural course of the world were really not just nature, as without anything. It's really like the Baruch Hu, who had every single step of the way planned out and figured out to the T. That's Mishlech Manas. You take because that's the that's the whole ness. Mishlech Manas is the, this day reminds you how the things that you think are yours are not meant there to be just yours. You're meant to share them with others. You have something you're meant to share. So I was just thinking Mishlech Manas Ishlari Eyu Matanas Lev Yoinim. So yeah, we. Matanas Levenim is money. Mishlach is generally food. But I just thought a, a, a big insight in, in why there's, there's a, we specify a difference. It's a lesson in giving. Right? You can give someone a gift. You can't come empty-handed to someone's house. Bring something, bring a present, bring a gift, bring a bottle of wine. I know you go to a wedding, you gotta give something, come on. But then there's Matonus Lavioinim. Meaning a present to your friend, okay, you give. Sometimes you you really want to give, sometimes you don't want to, but you give it, you know, you crossed off a box, I gave him. When in the same breath we're saying, it means when you're giving part of giving, part of being a giver, part of being someone who really is not just giving to, to get it over with, but who's really, who really is, realizes what he has and is you looking to utilize it fully to help someone else. When you give gold, when you go to your friend and you give him you give him that, that gift, look around and see what does he really need. And sometimes you'll find that he, he's a evyoin, that he's really poor and, he, and, and this gift is not enough for him. Give him matanas levyoinim. And that give more. The requirement for matanas levyoinim, al piyalocha, is to two people. Mishlach Maras is only for one. The Rambam writes that the matanas levyoinim, tzedakah for, for poor, for impoverished people, is, is greater than Mishlach Maras. And I think this can. Enhanced, we could understand it a little better with what we just said. Because the beauty is that you're not just get, looking to get it over with, you're looking, how can I really help this person? And sometimes it's with money, and sometimes it's with a heart, with an ear, with a shoulder. Be there for each other and not just say hello because I have to, but to really care about one another, to really feel for one another. And that's will bring the, that Leich Kanoisis Kalim become one. Esther Malko to Mordechai, what's going to be the merit 
that will help me when I go to the king, that will save us all. Bring everyone together. Put away the differences, put away the whatever separates us, bring us all together as one. Not just bodies together, but unified, true caring. Not to wait for a calamity to happen to really care about each other. So that's what Abdankala says. Yeah, we can get carried away. Okay, Purim, I have to make sure I have to have all my shalachmonas, I have everything ready. But we missed the message. We missed the message. The me- it's supposed to something that we're, just like every Yom Tov, we're supposed to take it with us for every single day of the year. We go to work, we go to shul, we go to school, we go. We have neighbors, we have family. Forget about for a second the out your fa- your own family. Do they have? Do I have something that I can give them? Am I in a position of malchus, like we said last week, in a position of having something being a little higher in one way that I have something more? that I can share with someone else and lift them up. So that's Mishleich Monas and Matanas So Mikra Megillah is understood. Yeah, because this is, that's exactly, that's really where we talk about all of this. How, and we see, when we see it as a Megillah, we see, we look from the top, how everything is, now yes, we figure it all out. Sure, everything, HaKadosh Baruch was involved in everything. Right, Megillah's Esther, it's, when we when we read the whole story, it reveals that that which was hidden when everything was happening. So again, we realize that everything that seems like yeah, because we did and because we tried and because we had connections, it's all Kaddish Baruch Hu allowing you to have a part in, in his in his world and have a part in this great salvation that he has prepared for his people, and that applies today. Great things are happening. Big things happen. The question is, where are we going to? Where are we going to? We said this last week as well. Where are we going to be in the equation? Are we going to ha- take the opportunity to have a part in it? But now let's look at Suda's Purim a little bit. The meal. So, what is a meal? Right? People come together. You eat. You drink. You marry. But if we take this lens that we just created. This idea that we understand that it's whatever we have is not just ours. Whatever we have is given to us for a purpose, for to use for ourselves and to strengthen ourselves and to share. Right? It's Mishloach Monis, Matanus Levyoinim. It's all in the if you the the real the original the the best way to do it is to give. Something that somebody could use for the for the Sudas Purim. For the meal. And I know people that do that. They really you come for Shachmonas, they give you chicken, hot chicken, kugel, you know, a real meal that you can eat that day. To to be used by the by the Purim Suda. Matanaslavan also to make sure that they have they have they're also able to make a Sudas Purim, a Purim festive meal with the happiness with just without any word, without feeling that they're deprived. So we see that the Sudas Purim is, is the same idea. Like this, we in the world, what do they say? Eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow you may die. You come and you sit, you have a meal, you're drinking, everything you let loose. Forget it. 
nobody exists, just me, and how much more can I enjoy? Tells the Kaddish Baruch no. When you sit down, the whole salvation of Purim came from Leich Kenoizes Kalayudim, bringing everyone together. You sit down to a nice meal. And as we said before, not just on Purim, but every day of the year. But Purim is where we, like we say every it's when you go swimming, you kick off the wall. This is where we recharge in this area. You sit down for a meal, and you realize, who gave me this meal? Once we realize who gave me this meal, I make a bracha. And even when we drink, we behave ourselves. It's not a time to let go. It's a time to hold on. And sometimes, and through the eating and the drinking, closely, we become closer to each other. Food has a big power that way. Sit down with someone on a, on a, on a table, some food with some drink, brings people closer. Proven fact. Right? Everyone, everyone appreciates a good meal, right? With good company. How do we conduct ourselves by a meal? How do we conduct ourselves with food? Do we, we don't, we're not animals. We're human beings. We're Jews. We're princes. We're princesses. We make a bracha. We sit. We eat like mentioned. We eat like we eat proper. We drink. We, we don't lose it. Because we realize who gave it to us. Who gave it to us and that reminds us who we are. We're as children. And that, that is, that's not a, a restriction of happiness. That is happiness. Because when someone lets loose, he ends up getting, that, that, that doesn't make him happy. Right? A fish gasping for air is also going to be jumping up and down. Does that mean that he's alive? No, it means he's dying. Not just because you see someone jumping up and down because there's beats or something that they, they call music. Which really it's not. Right? With some lights and strobes flying around. That doesn't mean that they're happy. Maybe it means that they're trying to gasp for air. And they're not really finding it. The simcha of Purim. The simcha of, of a real Suda. And Purim Suda and any meal when Jews come together. When a Jew eats on his own. There's a bracha before. There's a bracha after. God is present there. Right? The, the table is a mezbech. It's like the altar. Where we, it becomes offerings. Becomes a catalyst of connect, of becoming closer to the Rebbein Shalom. When we realize that, we're on this high, wow, we're eating, who are we? Who gave this to us? Where do we have all this from? Hashem Isbarach. And we remember Hashem Isbarach told us something else, not to forget about the others. To make sure that every, the others also have what we have. I have a meal, let me invite somebody. Let me make sure that someone is able to make their own to also become a giver. To also be able to bring someone else in. Both physically and spiritually. I have an understanding. I'm able to realize the power of the day. The power of letting, of, of letting go and letting God. Of building a relationship. Of it not just being a fleeting experience but that it should translate into something practical, that after that Purim, or maybe even before, I'll sh- I'm going to be strengthening myself in my, in, in my Torah learning, in my, in my observance of the mitzvahs, in my help to others, in, in building that relationship with, with Almighty God. Something that I build upon, 
before you have your own meal, go around and make sure that your friends also have. Says we, uh, and to build on what we said before, the, the, the friend, it sometimes it could be, there's, there's a, 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 a fundamental concept in Tzedakah. And really, I think it's probably, uh, Rashi brings it down in Parshas Re'ei. When you give someone, not embarrassing them, not to embarrass them, and in, in the way, giving them in a way that will make them retain their dignity. And that's where you can, maybe you could say also, sometimes, yeah, you have a view that they're poor people and they take, but there's sometimes someone who's on your level. And he's generally okay, but he fell on hard times. Don't give him like an Evian. Don't give him, don't keep his dignity. Don't make him feel like he's less than you right now. Keep him as Re'eyu. Give him the Mishlech Monas Re'eyu. Keep him as your counterpart, as your friend, as your acquaintance. And he should feel that way and retain his dignity. And when we give, there's no... I was speaking to someone before, earlier today. He has an organization in Eretz Yisrael. It started off. Unbelievable story. His mother was very very, was very ill. She needed a kidney. And he was came here collecting for, for the operation. They were going to bring her into Mount Sinai Hospital here in America, Manhattan. And they collected all the money they needed. Everything was ready. And she started to deteriorate, and she didn't, she didn't make it to the transplant. She passed away before. Before she passed away, and she realized already that she wasn't going to make it, they asked the Shiloh, they asked the Halachic Authority what to do with the money that they collected, and they were told they don't have to give it back to whoever gave it. So what, what should they do with the money? So she, his mother asked, a dying request, take the money, and use it to help the other patients that are here, that are also suffering from kidney problems. And he, from that, he created, started off in Shari Tzedek. I visited there, I went around with him. Unbelievable what, what he does. It really, it lifts the spirits, and that sometimes is 99.9% of the, of the recovery. He, um, it started from helping that, and then it said they have that, Kindness has to come together with Torah. So they made a coil, which started off, I think, only on Friday. And the, many times the people, the, the money that the people would get from coming to learn over there would be for, the, they, for bare necessities at home. So again, kindness. And then there was a, there's a pediatric ward of, the, of, of uh, kids that need kidneys also helping over there. From, at this point, we're talking probably eight years, I think. Eight years or seven years. At this point, it's, a, it's grown to helping families just they partnered up with other organizations to help families on a weekly basis, and the feedback that they're getting, uh, widows, orphans, unreal. Where did it come from? It came from someone who, not necessarily, who knew that for them it's not going to, they were about to die. They knew that their life on this world was coming to an end. But instead of getting depressed, instead of realizing what do I have, what did God give me, what opportunity do I have, and let me now maximize that opportunity. Unbelievable. If anybody wants to, to help, he's actually here now collecting for this organization. If anybody wants to help out, you can speak to me afterwards. It's unreal. Organizations, you have many, but the, the, the foundations of this organization, they came from someone who put themselves, to, literally, put themselves aside. She could have asked, you know, to use the money to get, you know, make her a little bit more comfortable in her final days. 
a million and one things. She, but in her pain, she looked around the room where she was sitting in that, in that ward in the hospital and saw other people's pain and put that pain before her own. And that was her dying wish. Incredible. Really unreal. Unbelievable. So that's what the Baruch wants from us here. And in, in, in this, that if we maybe can exa- see, see all these mitzvahs of the day from that, from this perspective of understanding that it's not, it's not ours. The computer that you get at work doesn't belong to you. Got it from your boss. And you would think of it true, no, but it makes it makes it brings happiness because you realize that you have a mission. And when you accomplish that mission, there's no greater satisfaction than that. So that's maybe a, another perspective that we can have going into Purim. And that it shouldn't just end with the day, but that it should continue throughout every day of the year. Let's examine a little bit the, the uh, what happened with Mordechai and Esther when, when Mordechai told Esther to go to the Tachashverosh. Um, what happened? Right, so everyone heard the decree. And everyone was very, very worried and sad. No, no hope. Hopeless. Right. The king himself, the signaling of the king, is signed in that document. And Achshveresh himself said, once something is signed in the signet of the king, it can't be retracted. So what happened was, he said that the Jews can defend themselves. And they didn't even start up. No, they think they they they, they defended themselves, and the, the, the Megillah says that many non-Jews were looking to they tried to be they they tried to camouflage themselves to look like Jews or to become Jews or something to be saved from this wrath, because the but before all that. Right? It was it was really dark for everybody. So Mordechai told Esther to go to the king. Now, in the Megillah, it doesn't say once the name of Hashem. Right? Because Hashem was, so to speak, behind the scenes. That's uh, another lesson that we, that we um, right? it's the same lesson that we've been speaking all the time. That we realized that everything that seemed sort of nature was really Hakadosh Baruch Hu orchestrating everything. However, so when it, where is Hashem alluded to in the Megillah? Every time that it says Hamelech without a Chashverosh afterwards, that's alluding to Hashem's name. Seferim so scribes when they learn how to write Sefer Torah, Mezuzahs, and Tefillin, they start with the Megillah because Megillah doesn't have the name of Hashem. When you have the name of Hashem, when you write it out the way it's written in the Sefer Torah, you can't erase it. So until they get good. And professional, what they do, they practice on Megillus. But they shouldn't have to. They shouldn't. They shouldn't mess up on that on the name on writing the name Hashem. So with this understanding, that whenever it says Hamelach, without a Chashverish afterwards, it's referring to Hashem. Let's look at the Psukim that describe this whole 
back and forth between Mordechai and Esther with this lens, looking it through, through this lens. Beforehand. Esther heard that Mordechai was sitting without clothing. He's, he's, not without clothing, with sackcloth and ashes. He took off his regular clothing and put on sackcloth and ashes. He was sitting in mourning. She sent Hasoch, she sent fresh clothing to give him. Mordechai said, no, I'm in mourning, sackcloth and ashes. And he sent back the whole decree with Hasach for, es- for Esther to look at and see what, what's going on. To command her. To go to the king. To beg from him and to ask in front of Hamelech. Seems like a chashverish, but to go in front of Hashem and to ask and to ask for uh, for, for mercy. Right, to just to read that we, we last week we recapped the way the story is just to be simple. How do we understand? Mordechai said, "Go to chashverish, ask for your nation." The way we understanding now with this and. Un- with that Hamelach is referring to Hashem, go to go to Hamelach, go to Hashem, and ask on your uh, for your people. told Esther what said. Esther told and she commanded him to tell Mordechai the following: Everyone knows. You come in, you come in unannounced, you come in uninvited into the inner chambers of the king. You're not coming out of there alive. If not for the fact that the king will put out his golden scepter, touch it, and so to speak, bring you in. Right, so simply put, there's a law in the land. No one could come into the king without being unannounced. They kill him right away. I wasn't called in 30 days. 30 days, a full month. How, how do you expect him to survive this? Now let's see it in a little deeper way. Sometimes a Jew can be in a, in a position where he, where he says, everyone knows, Avodah Hashem, the Davan Hashem is so holy, it's so special. Call Avdei HaMelech, all the servants, the people around, the King Ve'amedinus HaMelech and the rest of the world, they know. They can't just come in. 
They have to have a weigh-in. At certain times. To go into Chatzar HaPnimus, to the inner chambers, you don't just go in like that. So how can I daven? I'm so... I'm surrounded by everything that's the opposite of holiness. That's the opposite of godliness. And I feel... He's not looking for me. He's not calling for me. I'm all alone. I'm all alone. How can I? How can I? I can learn. I can come to Spanish and learn. I can really conduct myself in an exemplary way, really keeping halacha and doing everything properly, going into shul and daven, or wherever I am, I could just talk to Hashem, I could daven to Him. Me? But I feel so distant. I feel so removed. I feel like no one... Like, he's not waiting for me. He doesn't need me. I know what I do every day. I know what I do every night. Me? Come on. He's not calling me. Look, 30 days. I didn't feel it for so long. I can't go in. I'm going to go in. I'm going to die. Going back to Mordechai, it's what Esther said. And Esther said, Esther, maybe we could say, but this may be urgent, I apologize. Hello? Hello? Yeah. How are you? You're the, you're the neighbor from the corner, right? Yes, I did. I actually I just met your son-in-law today. I'm actually in the middle of giving a share. Can you call me back in, in 15 minutes? Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. Yes. You do on, on WhatsApp, yeah. Thank you. That was an emergency. I apologize. You could say, again, Esther is hidden. Mordechai told, is answering back to the Jew that feels hidden. He feels that the Baruch is hiding from him. He said, no, no, he's not hiding from you. You think you're, in the, you're, you're surrounded by such... Impurity in the king's palace. You're surrounded by your your. You're not where you belong. You think you're lost. Uh-uh. But that's not true. But more than that, on the other hand, you think that you're Bebe Samelach. You think that you're you're safe because you're there from both perspectives. Don't try to to hide yourself over there. If you're going to be quiet at this moment, salvation will come from somewhere else. But you're not going to, you're going to be forgotten. You're not going to have a part in that salvation. It's going to happen. And here comes the clincher. Here comes the clincher. 
And who knows, maybe for this moment alone is why you came to this position. Why you were put into this place where you, where you may feel is, how can I go to the king? But maybe this is the place that's really your malchus. That this is, this is your HaKadosh Baruch Hu giving you the ability to be above the rest, to be able to go and bring them up with you together. In specifically, this is the moment that all of this happened for. Sometimes we think that we're distant, we think that we, we messed up. How many times do we find from that mess up there's a glimmer of light that we find, oh, I experienced this and I meet someone else who went through the same thing and I'm able to help him or her and tell them, don't give up. A teacher in my son's yeshiva came over to me. It was a for my sister Miriam Basina Pesachevet and a boy in my son's class who still needs a big Yeshua, Yaakov Yisrael Ben Tamar Malka, he was hit by a car as well. And a teacher came over to me and she told me, and she told me, you should know we're all looking at your sister and that's what's holding us. Who would have thought two months before, a story that went around the entire world practically, about a, a young mother who was in a terrible car accident, a traumatic brain injury. Who would, who, who would believe she just gave me a piece of kugel on Friday? She's home. She's... She's... It was, a, it was a, one of the darkest times of my life. I'll tell you, be honest with you. When I went to the hospital that Motzei Shabbos after the accident, we were told, go to the hospital, you're saying goodbye. Baruch Hashem, things started turning around. But still, for three, three four days, it was three days. It was, it was, we didn't know where it's going to go. And here, HaKadosh Baruch made, she, that's what she is. She is a, an inspirational person. She's a source of inspiration for so many people. This family, the friends of, of, of this little boy are remembering that story. She made it. He'll make it too. Sometimes we, we have the situ- situations, challenges that we think are the end of everything. Really, it's the beginning of something more beautiful than we can ever even imagine. We have a glitch in a marriage, a glitch in a relationship. That's it. That's it. It's over. That's not over. It's a beginning. It's a brand new beginning. Uh, um, experienced marriage therapist put, put the, said this so beautifully. A couple came and, and it was really, really bad. It was, it, was, it was bad beyond I can't even describe to you. I can't give details. But it was really bad. The worst thing that you can imagine. Whatever your imagination can imagine. Right? It says, we're not fixing the old marriage. We're building something brand new. Sometimes we're, in a, we're, we're down in a place where, where, how could I get out of this? Leave that behind. Start again. Right, and, and, and as long as we're alive, we have the power to write this story of our lives. This beautiful story, this beautiful song that has high notes and low notes, major notes and minor notes. And that makes a beautiful, beautiful melody, a beautiful harmony. And that's Purim. Purim 
everything seems regular, seems mundane. It seems regular eating, regular drinking, yeah, regular dealings with each other. It's hidden. It's not uh, Pesach where everything is clear. This is a holiday. This is a day that we became a nation. Wow. This is regular day to day. But Purim teaches us that in the regular day to day, we have the power with Emunah, with Bitochan, with faith, with clinging to the Rebbein Shalom, we have the power not just to take away hardship, but to take that hardship and make that hardship, to take it from a hardship and make it the beginning of, a, of such a beautiful reality that we never could have even imagined. Thank you very much. And we should have all the brachas of Purim we should have and we should be able to utilize and maximize the day to its fullest and that it should stay with us throughout the year. Thank you. Thank you very much. This is good stuff. If we have enough. Um, Alex, could you 